And the Emmy goes to. 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 Breaking Bad. Modern Family. Feet. Homeland. Shit's Creek. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Next Best Series, part of the Next Best Picture podcast, where we talk about television every once in a while here. This is episode 13, post-Emmys, and this is a very, very interesting kind of a show that we're doing for you all here today. We're going to try a new format out. We're going to try something different, something new. Basically, in the past, whenever we've talked about television here, it was always either about the Emmys or we were focusing on a particular season of television or miniseries at that time. Now, what we're going to try and do is kind of like what we do with Next Best Theater, where the team gets together once a month to discuss a topic or two. We figured, you know what? Right now, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And nobody has the ability to kind of go up to someone at the water cooler at work or the coffee maker and say, hey, did you catch that episode of X, Y, and Z last night? (laughs) Yeah, 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 that was pretty awesome. Let's talk about it. Can't do that. So here we all are as friends here at Next Best Picture. And that's what we're going to just going to do here today. We're going to just talk about what we've been watching, whether it's something new, something that we're rewatching right now. And there is so much television out there. I find this to be actually an incredible opportunity for myself personally to get a chance to really learn and understand what people are watching, what people enjoy watching, and maybe I can start watching it too. And maybe I can get some good advice on where to start. Do I have to start episode one? Can I kind of start later on and just pick it up? Where can I watch it? Where can I stream it right now? This is what we're going to be talking about. We're going to give it a shot. Your feedback is greatly, greatly appreciated for all of this. So without further ado, episode 13 of Next Best Series, where we are trying to find out what is going to be that next best series. Michael Schwartz, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you tonight? I'm feeling pretty good after that introduction, I have to say. <laughs> Nicole Ackman, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about TV, which is something that I don't typically watch. But you know what? The pandemic has changed a lot of things. Agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Ryan C. Showers, how are you? In the tradition of um, great um, female characters on television i have poured a glass of red wine and i'm ready to dive in here with you guys well let's all dive in shall we uh who wants to start us off first uh what have you been watching on television who wants to go should we do it in the order of who watches the most tv (laughs) (laughs) so that would be you michael i presume Yeah, so allow me to explain, because I have a method behind my madness. And it will sound like (laughs) madness, but allow me to take a deeper dive here. So our dedicated listeners may recall how on the main show every week, Matt asks me what movies I watched over the past week. And sometimes I don't have an answer, and that gets Matt very upset at times. However, that reason is because I watch far more television than I do movies. And even though you're going to hear me rattle off a ton of shows that I'm currently watching... My thing is, I don't watch more than two hours of television a day. I make a really concerted effort not to watch more than like two hours, sometimes two and a half if it's like, you know, a slower day. But I really, you know, am conscious of how much TV I'm watching because I don't want to be one of these people staring off at a screen all hours of every day. So I watch about two hours a day, but they are usually different shows. And that's how I'm able to juggle all these shows on television that I want to watch and then older shows that I'm catching up with. So I will expand a show over a long period of time but really live with those characters and those stories and, you know, that world. 
And it's really an interesting way for me, especially, you know, being at home so often because of the pandemic now to catch up on a lot and really learn about some new shows I wouldn't have had the time to see before. So two hours a day really gives me a lot of time to watch a lot of television, but also explore, uh, you know, things that I wouldn't have thought of otherwise. And I want to just make this very clear. I've seen 180 films this year, and I have barely scratched the surface of television. So there is your contrast there, people. <laughs> yeah, I've seen like 18 movies. So, you know, you definitely have the upper hand there. <laughs> so it all makes sense. It all starts to click in the place when you put it in perspective like that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You you can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> right. Why don't we, before we get to what you've been watching, Michael, why don't we just ask, uh, you know, Ryan next. Ryan, are you a big television watcher? What is your schedule usually like? Well, I am a big television watcher. Like I, um, I have a nice balance between film and television. Like they each play a specific role in my life. Um, so I, I have a lot of TV shows that are like family to me. Um, but I also am very interested in the Emmys and the c- competitiveness of um, certain races, and so that automatically like um, propels me into being interested in television and keeping up to date. Um, so. So yeah, I, I, after the Emmy season, you know, I'm kind of winding down with my um, television um, interest right now. I'm kind of pivoting back over to movies a little bit just because, you know, I kind of go through a, a period where I am obsessed with movies and then I, that dies down and then I'm obsessed with TV shows again. Um, but uh, because of the pandemic, I, um, you know, I've been working from home. So I do actually, unlike Michael, who is much more, um, organized i guess in his television watching than i am i um i i usually have something on um, in the background while i work most of the day um and that's led me to watch a lot of television and a lot of movies over the past couple of months so i doubt that um my uh my television watching will be given a break uh, until i go back to the office at least (laughs) okay all right and nicole what about yourself okay in contrast i rarely watch tv uh, particularly before this year, I really didn't watch much TV at all. I've already watched more TV in 2020 than I think I did in like 2017, 2018, and 2019 combined. I watch a lot of movies. 
I watch a lot of YouTube. I watch a lot of filmed theater. Basically anything that's filmed that isn't television. And if I am watching TV, a lot of the times it's some sort of like BBC miniseries. But I've been changing that a little bit during the pandemic. I've actually been getting through some stuff now that I tend to watch an episode of something on my lunch break every day. Um, A lot of times that's just like a 20-minute episode of something, but it, it still means it's more TV than I'm used to seeing. Sure. And that's actually a really good way to do it, too, is during that hour lunch break a lot of the times. At least uh, I used to do that many, many years ago. I was actually a much bigger TV watcher pre Next Best Picture as opposed to uh, the Next Best Picture years of my life, a.k.a. the rest of my life until I'm in the ground. So TV for me has really, really taken uh, kind of a backseat in my life in recent years. And I'm very, very selective about uh, what I watch on television. I like to watch stuff that is in the Emmy wheelhouse. So this way, when we get around to our podcast about that, I kind of have some idea of what I'm talking about in some cases, you know, like uh, out of left field uh, nomination for Zendaya, for example, you know, just just saying. I think I was the only person that happened to watch that show. <laughs> uh, but, you know, every now and then I'll try to squeeze it in. My problem is that my time is just so, 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 so limited as, you know, listen, everybody's time is. I fully understand that. But I legitimately just cannot eat into any more hours of my sleep. And I really, really, really need to, you know, draw the line somewhere. And so what I also typically tend to do when I watch a a season of television is I will carefully assess and I will ask myself, okay, there are eight episodes here. They're an hour long each. Can I kill this in one day? (laughs) And that's how I typically tend to watch television. If it's all available, I will look at the episode count. I will try to find a weekend or something where I can sit in one sitting and I can just go through all of it. And I think that's the movie watcher in me. I'm not exactly sure. But I also find, too, that uh, television is the kind of storytelling that can be so rewarding and filled with more highs than a movie uh, because it is a longer form of storytelling that it really does prove the theory that, you know, like something like, say, um, I don't know, like what's a what's a good long movie like Titanic, for example. Everybody loves Titanic, right? You know, Titanic could be another three hours long on top of the three hours that it already is. And people would still watch it, you know, and that's what it's like with television. It's you know, you, if, if it's good and you're really, really into it, you will keep watching. <laughs> so that's how I do it. Uh, so with all that said, and now that we've kind of gotten out of the way exactly uh, how everybody watches TV and how much, uh, why don't we actually first start off with Nicole, actually. I want to go to you first because, you know, like you said, kind of a new television watcher in a, to a sort of degree. What have you been catching up on recently? There are two main things I wanted to talk about tonight. The first is just to say, today I decided, since we were doing this episode on my lunch break, to watch the first episode of Emily in Paris. Oh, yeah. I saw a trailer for that today, actually. (laughs) It's a new show on Netflix with... um, It's got Lily Collins in the lead role. And it is about a Midwestern American girl who gets transferred to work in Paris and shows up not speaking a word of French uh, to work in this French office. And 
I've got to say, I don't think I'll be watching any more of it. Oh, bummer. I wanted to give it a shot. I had, honestly, most of what I'd heard was that it was pretty bad. So I was curious just in what way. It has maybe the least likable main character I've ever seen in a TV show. And I'm sure she's going to undergo some sort of transformation. But I don't think I'm going to be able to stick it out long enough to see that happen. (laughs) That's usually the case with television. (laughs) It's kind of the epitome of like what Americans think Paris is. (laughs) But is it but is it but is it really for those that are here that have been to Paris? I've never been to Paris before, so I can't say. Well, that's so I've been to Paris several times, and it's very much like, at least in the first episode, it's very much that Americanized idea of Paris, um, rather than like actual Paris. Um, and she's she's pretty vapid. But my favorite thing is that she rolls up to this office and she's like, "I'm going to teach you guys about social media because Americans invented it." And at the time, she has 48 Instagram followers. Why is she dictating anything? <laughs> I don't think I would listen to anyone with 48 Instagram followers trying to tell me how to run my Instagram account. So I, yeah, it's, it's one of those shows where you're just sitting there like, how many people signed off on this? Um, And I'm sure, you know what, I'm sure it's going to have an audience. I think it's kind of trying to play to a sort of Gossip Girl, Sex in the City crowd. Yeah, isn't it made from the person that made Sex in the City? I think so. Yes, Darren Star. And he also did Younger, which is uh, really popular on TV land. So there's your green light right there. Yeah, but at least for me, it it was pretty damn painful for me. Has anyone else seen this yet? Yes, I started Emily in Paris. And I have to counterpoint Nicole. I find it charming and delightful and just as light and delicate as a macaron. It is, you know, just comfort food of the highest order. And I am enjoying Lily Collins and, you know, the attempt to make it look like what Americans think Paris is. And I know it's all fake and fluff, but I love my fake fluff. So there you go. Well, now, what's the disconnect here? Uh, why why is it comfort food for you, Michael? But for Nicole, she can't stand this lead character. Well, what's going on there? You know, we're all cooped up at home right now. I wish I were in that version of Paris, just roaming around and, you know, looking at all the high fashion and nice people. And oh, so it has nothing to do with the character. It has nothing to do with the character. I just like looking at the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a very I I'm a character driven person in terms of TV. Like I if I don't like the characters on a show, I really just can't get down with it. Um, yeah, I tend to like shows that are very character driven. And this is definitely not that. Well, this is not the episode where I convince you to watch Succession. Then that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm not saying that the characters have to be likable. I like a good like. I don't want to say evil, but, you know, interestingly immoral character as much as the next person. But you got to give me something there. And there's also some very questionable fashion happening here. In one scene, she's wearing two flannels layered over each other. And I literally paused it so I could send a Snapchat to a friend of it to be like, can you believe this? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's definitely fluff. Um, And if if just pure fluff is not your thing, then this is not the show for you. All right. Well, why don't we uh, toss it over before we get to your second show, Nicole, over to say, uh, well, why don't we go to Ryan? Ryan, give us a show. What do you got? Something new? Something you've been rewatching? Well, um, so I actually just finished up um, rewatching Scandal. I started rewatching Scandal um, back in July, and I... Um, I've kind of been I, I I've had like weird times where I watch a lot and then I maybe then I kind of cool it um, with it uh, with with the rewatch um, and watch other things. 
But um, I finally finished it up today, and I have to say I enjoyed. You know, Scandal has a very murky um, legacy. Um, there are it's known for breaking a lot of barriers and being kind of a cultural zeitgeist in a lot of ways, especially in its earlier years. But as it went on, um, I think a lot of people lost interest in it because of how overly soapy it 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 was perceived to be, and that the twists and turns were a bit. Um, were a bit too uh, there were, there were too many twists and turns too often um and that took away from the overall effect that the show had um however and i will say whenever i was watching it live week to week i think i did suffer from that a little bit especially towards the end however watching it as a binge i i have to say i enjoyed it so much more and i have so much more respect for what um Shonda Rhimes did with the show and with the character of Olivia Pope um, as within the character itself and just the pure character development, but also, um, culturally and what, uh, what a kind of a footprint she left and what kind of a footprint other characters on the show, um, including one woman, uh, one of the characters who goes on to be the first woman president in the scandal universe. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, I had a blast rewatching it and, um, yeah, I, I'm really sad that Kerry Washington will never have an Emmy for playing Olivia Pope. Now that show is over, right? It's over, yes. Since all the episodes are out and they were able to finish the show beginning, middle, and end, I presume, mm-hmm. why should I watch Scandal? I would say there, no matter what you think of the soapy nature of the storytelling, if you think it's just a guilty pleasure, if you think, if you're just gonna, if you think, oh, I'm just gonna roll my eyes at it. Um, the one thing that's undeniable about this show is the acting and the characters. There are some really wickedly deep characters, not just in the protagonist um, played by Kerry Washington, but um, there are um, there are several um, supporting characters. There are several guest stars that really make it worth um, worth the time. The performances are just really, really something else, and that shows in the amount of Emmys it was nominated for and won in the acting categories. You know, um, the Emmys have, as throughout this decade, they really cooled it with, um, with um, show, with network shows. Um, you know, CBS, ABC, they weren't big players um, uh, this decade. And that actually was to um, a common frustration of fans of The Good Wife, which um, really saw this resurgence in its fifth season. And um, the Emmys really didn't, it didn't welcome it back in as the critics did. Um, but scandal, um, the one thing that it did uh, at the Emmys was it really played well with the actors branch, especially in its first couple of seasons. I think it, um, you know, it won two guest actor Emmys back to back. And, um, there were, I, I, I think that there's been like seven or eight actors nominated and that's pretty remarkable considering the fact that it was never nominated for anything else at the Emmys. It just had acting nominations. So I, if, if for no other reason, it is so worth catching um, catching up with it for the fun of the show, but also um, the characters and the performances by these actors. Now, I will wholly admit, I am not a network television person. Mm-hmm. Like, at all. 
Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of episode 13 of the Next Best Series podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full episode, you will have to head on over to Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this episode and other exclusive podcast content from nextbestpicture.com. This is a brand new format for us, like Next Best Theater, where we will be doing a monthly episode talking about television shows that we are currently watching, new and old with an ever-rotating roundtable of guests here on the show. We are really, really excited about it, and we hope you all enjoy it as well, alongside what we do for Next Best Theater and covering theater throughout the year. Hopefully, we can do the same for television, too. You have been listening to the Next Best Series podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast. We are very proud to be a part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Hello, this is Gary Chachot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.